Are you a college student looking for an internship opportunity? Get paid to represent the brands you love, expand your network, and elevate your portfolio. Apply today to be a campus brand manager for one of Riddle and Bloom's student programs. Represent brands like Amazon Prime Student, HBO Max, Comcast Xfinity, and more. For more details and to apply, go to riddleandbloom.com backslash general ambassador. Link is in our episode description. So how do we feel about Miss Swift being on TikTok or Swift Talk? I love it. I'm excited. Yeah, it's going to be so fun. She's going to find a new ways to trick us and make us look like clowns I, when I almost, like, I saw somebody, I don't know which Swift Talker said this, but I, I don't want her to do that at the same time. Like, I want her to do a little bit of it. Like, you know, obviously she's still going to post, like, promotional things like she did in her first video. But I want her to, like, be silly with TikTok and, like, let it, you know, just have, be like... 2014 down Taylor. Yeah, like MySpace and Tumblr Taylor. Yeah, like, I don't know she's grown from that, like, we all have too, but she's, you know, she's already starting to have fun. I mean, I really liked the cat video. That was so cute. Yeah, the cat video, I was really surprised that she posted a second video and it was so just, like, casual. I mean, she was, like, using, she, like, made her own sound, but she used part of, like, a sound that was super popular on TikTok. And I was like, this is amazing, but she was only holding two cats, so didn't really make sense. She yeah. switched it. Yeah, I mean. So, like, yeah, I mean, in the first frame, she's holding Meredith and Olivia. Yeah. And then uh, in the second frame, she's Benjamin. holding Olivia and Benjamin. Yeah. See, I didn't notice. I, I thought the same thing. Chandler and I had to like go back and watch it really like multiple times hold, I was like hold three cats at once I've tried it's never oh my god it's never a good good idea well, we all know <laughs> really very antisocial. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure they weren't overly excited about being oh, no, they <laughs> definitely weren't. I try to hold both my cats at the same time and they hate each other so I tried to hold my cat my one and only cat and she doesn't even like that so <laughs> cats are they're moody. Yeah. <laughs> Did you I see where everybody thinks she's in Ireland still with Joe? Oh, I didn't see Did that. Did you see where everybody thinks that we're getting Evermore, the Buckingham? Oh, Alex? I did. I did I see did that. See and that. I'm like, that makes no sense. I like, was. That's what I. I almost said something, but I wasn't sure if <laughs> I saw that earlier, and I was like, okay <laughs> i don't know two people sent it, something into des moines so i don't know i mean maybe but that would be like des moines like so random it's so like some of it's like legit and then the other stuff's just like bs complete bs yeah for the most part it's literally gossip girl where they're just like saying like celebrity spotted here and it's not really like gossip gossip. It's more like celebrity sightings and like celebrity hot spots and stuff like that. But then every once in a while when they do like the blind items, I guess, you get a lot of interesting information and some of it's been correct. Yeah. It's like you have to kind of like take it with a grain of salt mm-hmm. in a way. Yeah. It's like, what is that, Dear Jane, where she just like has people send in 
stories. Yeah. Yeah. But back to Taylor being on TikTok now. Can we stop being mean to her? <laughs> like I didn't even the see number of, the number of duets I have seen of people being like making fun of her first video and then like all the comments being like she's such a millennial. Okay, let's get one thing straight. She did not do that video because she's a millennial. She did that video because she's always been a grandma at heart. Like that's yes. Millennials are much better at social media. No offense, Taylor, than Taylor is, but it's she is a like self-described grandma. She's been saying that she's an eighty-year-old since she was like eighteen. So that's not a millennial thing. That's just a Taylor Swift thing. That's her charm. leave her alone like can we just like stop shaming people because they don't have as much experience using technology like why is that even a thing that we're doing like who even cares i mean am i like is this calling myself a millennial i love the video i didn't see a single problem with it until people started duetting it i'm like what like it just caught me so off guard like i thought it was really well done i don't i don't i don't see how it's chewy like people started calling it chewy and i was like how? It's not just Taylor Swift posting. She also has a team of people helping her do social media. So, like... Also, can we just, on. like, let's not use that word because that word sucks. Yeah. I hate it. It's if so cringy. something chuggy, you are chuggy. Like, facts. It's so cringy to me. It's, like, the word moist. <laughs> but, like, I'm getting really sick of the bullying because it's, like, there's a fine line. Like, they think they're being, like, the Tumblr Swifties, but they're bullying a little too hard. Like, they're not... It's To me, it wasn't funny. Maybe I'm just being sensitive. But I didn't find a lot of the duets to be funny. I thought them to be kind of tasteless and backhanded. Like, I didn't... Uh, I don't want to... She doesn't interact with us on social media on top of everything that happened with Kim and Kanye in 2016. Like, Swifties just think that they can just tag her in something and just drag her about it. I mean, I'm just I'm just sure that the people who are like making fun of it don't think that they're doing it in like a mean way. But it's been years since Taylor has interacted with us on social media like regularly. Even when like the Swift Life app was around, she did it for like a few. The first I, I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. That was a fever dream. <laughs> But she like, was like, did that even happen? Like the Mandela effect. I was obsessed with it for a hot minute, and by I a hot minute, I mean like a week, maybe. I think and I like did it for like a day. I tried to, but Same. it was really glitchy. It was really glitchy. Yeah, it wasn't a very well developed app. And then it got shut down really quick, right? Because of like a lawsuit or something. No, it got shut down after. I, it might have been about the lawsuit, but it was like a year. So, oh, you know what? I think it was because, okay, never mind. I don't want to say why I got shut down. I don't want to go on that tangent. <laughs> anyway, yeah, but she, that was supposed to be for her to interact with us. And like, she was kind of active on it at first. And then eventually you never saw her on there. It really so. just goes back to like what we talked about in our previous episode. These people like saying these things and attacking other people for the things that they post is the exact reason why Taylor left social media to begin with. So can we just not like, just leave her alone? Who cares if you don't like the video or you think it's stupid 
or whatever, then just keep scrolling. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It's literally and it's maybe completely people... and totally irrelevant to your life. I just yeah. like I would really hate for this to be like another breaking point. Mm-hmm. Like how long have we been wanting or waiting for her to interact with any of us again on social media and she's starting to do it and I'm just afraid people are gonna ruin it. <laughs> this is yeah. why we can't have nice things, guys. Exactly. It really I is. do feel a little bit of added pressure now on TikTok knowing because before Seriously. Like, there was like a say like you know there was rumors of her potentially having an account that was a pseudo name and she definitely did did yeah. you see her comment to charlie booth like she yeah. definitely uh-huh. had yeah. a secret account like there's she literally confirmed that so but now we have to worry about potentially because tiktok is so different from other social media platforms in terms of like our videos could end up on her for you yeah, because she's definitely going to be seeing, you know, lots of swift talk. Because yeah, mm-hmm. there's no way that she won't. Yeah. Did you guys the see thing. the clip of Ed Sheeran recording his harmony yes. Yes. for "Everything Has Changed"? Yes. So excited. Me that. too. Love it. I died. I think I died yeah. and came back to life. And I'm so excited to to hear the other, like the first song that her and Ed wrote together because yeah, I I miss Run, right? That's what it's called. Run, Run. yeah, Run. I think. What did we say the names were? <laughs> we have that whole thing that we came up with. Well, I'm just so excited because I I miss the old Ed, just like songwriting, and mm-hmm. I like I miss 2012 Ed Sheeran. In 2014, Ed Sheeran. Like, I really miss. That's my favorite Ed Sheeran era. Yeah. Yeah. So I I really hope I get more, like, get some of that in that song. Here's the thing about Ed Sheeran's music lately is it's been super radio friendly. Yeah. Which there's nothing wrong with that. And, like, I know it annoys a lot of people because he made, like, a big deal early in his career being like, I'm not going to sell out just to be, like, play on the radio. And, like, people feel like that's what he's done. But, I mean, people's opinions change, and I bet he probably, like, regrets being, like, so, like, derogatory about it. Also, you know, you gotta pay bills. Not that the man is struggling for cash, but... Well, you you can get dropped if you don't do well. I mean, I don't think that he would, but, like, there's an immense amount of pressure. And if he's the same and does the same thing over and over again, he will never be more popular. He won't keep his fan base. Like, you look at John Mayer... I literally could not pick different eras of his album. Like, all of his music sounds the same to me. Like, obviously, I know a few of his famous songs, but, like, he never branches out. Like, he what? is so niche, and he has never done anything different. But, Ed, I have to, like, give him props because, like, as a musician, I'm sure it gets really old really quickly to play the same style of music over and over again. Because, yeah. like, you think about it, for us, it's like, oh, we just hear it on the radio. Or, oh, we go to one concert. But they're playing 60 to 120 shows of the exact same set list, basically. That's an entire year playing almost the exact same thing every single day because you have rehearsals, the actual shows, and then you're recording. How many times Taylor has switched genres? Yeah, but I do she think it's country. She was pop. She's. I think for women, though, it is different than for men. Well, that's. They true. constantly have to reinvent themselves, but. Yeah. I do think that to a degree, so do men, or they risk doing that, like, stagnant, like John Mayer, like you were saying, Rebecca. Like, 
I, I when you mentioned John Mayer, I just thought about that song that he just released, the Why You Know Love Me song, and I just can't <laughs> take that seriously. Oh, I, I mean, I can't take him seriously, but... Who Why you know love me? To get him a dictionary and Why a book you know because I can't. Have you seen oh. his fans like defending that song? It's embarrassing. But, no, I have not, but I would love oh, to see it. I, I'm pretty sure they say it's something about like his inner child or something. Oh my gosh, I have seen that what? argument. I'm like, that literally makes zero sense, first of all. Okay. It makes no sense. It's I just that so when you're stupid. writing a song, the rules of grammar like kind of cease to exist and cease to apply. But why you know love me? <laughs> what? You got you got to do a little bit better than that. You got to give me something else. Yeah. He can't. Like anyway, I'm not we don't need to rant no, about no. John Mayer, but I do really miss old Ed Sheeran like oh, I saw him once and multiply those 20, albums I saw him in 2014 and it was like one of the best concerts that was peak Ed Sheeran I like, saw him in 2013 when he opened for the Red Tour it was amazing he it was just him and his guitar yep, yep. yeah and his like his own show like that's exactly what it was just him and his guitar and he had like you know, a few scenic things in the background, but it was an amazing concert. Yeah, because he's so talented. He's insanely talented. And I know he took a break for a really long time from, like, yeah. social media and music yeah. because it just got to be too much. Well, he also, he had a, I think he had a baby. He did have a baby. He got married, had a baby. And he, he just, had a like, baby with Cherry? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They got married and had a baby. I know that they got, like, married. Oh, wow. That's so cool. Yeah. But, you know, anyway, do we want to get started on Fearless. Yeah. <laughs> Are you ready for it? Welcome to Ready For It, a Taylor Swift podcast. I'm Chandler. I'm Rebecca. I'm Bailey. And I'm Lizzie. So be fearless. Speak now. Put on your favorite shade of red. While shaking it off in a getaway car. Because sometimes you need to calm down. And wrap yourself up in your favorite cardigan. To find some happiness. And listen as we talk about the iconic poet herself, Miss Swift. All right, Bex, take us away. Okay, so today we're going to be talking about the song Fearless, which is the first song on the sophomore album, Fearless, by Taylor Swift. Yay! One of Chandler's favorites. One of Chandler's favorites. Um, so a little bit of background. It's the opening track on her second studio album. It was released as a promotional single from the album on October 14, 2008, before being reissued as the album's fifth and final official single on January 3rd, 2010. It was written by Taylor, Liz Rose, and Hilary Lindsay, and produced by Nathan Chapman. We kind of talked about this the last episode, but this is one of the songs she wrote while traveling on her self-titled debut tour. And yeah, it's just about the fearlessness of falling in love. And she eventually decided that this song was the perfect title for her second studio album. But it's lyrically, the song is about the perfect 
dream date. First dream date. Yeah, but it's my favorite, favorite. Oh, I love, I love the whole meaning behind Fearless. I love everything about it. Go ahead, Chandler. I muted myself so I could move a bag of pretzels without like crinkling and then couldn't get it to unmute. So, okay. So some quotes from Taylor, one quote from Taylor about this song. She said, and I found this on the Wayback Machine, which it was originally on Big Machine Records website as like a little, she apparently had like a summary of each song from the album Fearless on Big Machine Records. Why? I, too many Big Machines. Anyway, her old DMRs, <laughs> her old labels website. And it says, she said about the song, this is a song about the fearlessness of falling in love. No matter how many breakups you write, no matter how many times you get hurt, you always fall in love again. When I wrote Fearless, I wasn't dating anyone. I wasn't even in the beginning stages of dating anybody. I really was all by myself out on tour, and I got this idea for a song about the best first date. I think sometimes when you're writing love songs, you don't write them about what you're going through at the moment. You write them about what you wish you had. So this song is about the best first date I haven't had yet. And that's the only quote I really have for this song. It was kind of hard to, there was a lot in the last episode about the album Fearless, but about the actual song, there wasn't a, a whole lot. I love that. I just love like the vulnerable, like, I don't know. I The whole romantic side of Taylor really comes out in this song. I mean, it makes my heart pitter patter. I love it. I love this Taylor, like the Fearless Taylor, like romantic yes. Fearless Taylor era because it's different from the lover. Like, the, you know, the lover romantic Taylor is a, way more mature, obviously, age, you know, relationships, experience. But like this is like that super sweet, like fairy tale, this whole album, the, the just the optimism and the innocence that she has and faith in love like before she's been like really not like tainted by the world does that sound so wrong but like before jaded. she just jaded thank you that's what I'm trying to say jaded and the breakups that really like tore her up happened it was she had just all this hope and love and like just excitement it's so special it's so magical and I think it really comes out in this song oh yeah, yeah I mean I think this is definitely like the quintessential like hopeless romantic teenage I want to say teenage girl, but just teenager in general who hasn't been in love, wants to be in love, and is just daydreaming about what it's going to be like. Like, that was that was me when I was, when this album was coming out. Like, that was me at 14, 15 years old. So this is something, like, I mean, one of the reasons why I really relate to this album is because of how relevant it was to my life. And not even this album, but, like, even this song, like, because we all, I mean, I think at first I was kind of like fingers crossed, like hoping this song was about Joe Jonas, which I've known since basically the album came out that she said it's about a date that she hasn't had yet. Like she hasn't experienced this. And so like I really related to that myself as someone who didn't have yeah, any same. kind of like real romantic experience at the time when the song came out. I also took this as like, not just the romantic side of Taylor, but also the 
I guess, innocent and very, what's the word? I can't think of the word I'm trying to say. Optimistic? Yeah, optimistic and just hopeful. Hopeful that, you know, there will be a Prince Charming or, you know, a happily ever after in some form. Whatever that may look like. I still um, remember when she had her, like, on her website, like, in her about section, where it was, like, that cute little photo of her sitting on, I think, one of the tour bus couches, and she was in this, like, super cute, like, I think almost sweater, it was a photo of her, like, laughing, and it was this whole, like, written out, almost, like, monologue, where she's, like, I believe in fairy tales, I believe in blah, 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 yeah. and it was for during the fearless era, it was just so cute. Yeah. That's what, when the... Sh- concert opens that's what she is saying she's saying the isn't that the inscription on the album the what does it say the booklet Mm -hmm. when the concert started and this is when I like profusely started like crying my eyes out like tears I'm like you know how old was I like 14 15 years old and I'm first off in shock that I'm standing there and in the same room as Taylor but also just filled with all of these emotions because you could feel her everything that we're talking about you can feel it when she's singing it and I think that's why I get so emotional about this album because I can can I even if I'm not do, going through the same experiences I think what you were saying before Chandler like we could relate to it because you know it it was that romantic and like we were going growing up along with her and that's really special so yeah i just checked the album booklet it's not from it this is the one that says this album is called fearless and i guess i'd like to clarify like to me fearless is not the absence of fear that's what that one is i think that i believe in fairy tales one is actually from speak now yeah Maybe i think you might actually be right yeah i think you're right i get confused between both of those so Oh, but is I, it the one that I'm talking that I talked about? I think yeah, so. I think it's from Speak Now. But here's the thing: is Taylor Swift herself said when this re-recording came out that this album, in general, represents like her kind of transition from the fairy tale love like that she thought was going to happen to like real life. It was like this whole album is a good like combination of like still being that hopeful, romantic, optimistic, want it to be a fairy tale type of thing mixed with growing up and realizing that life isn't necessarily a fairy tale. Yes. Bailey, do you want to talk about critical acclamations for this song? Yeah. So after it was released as a single, um, it reached um, number 76 on the charts and number 32 in Spain. Other than that, for the song or as a single itself, that was all there was. But, I mean, we talked last episode about all of the awards and all of the records that she broke for the actual album. Okay, well then. Do we want to get into the first verse? Yeah. Okay. There's something about the way the street looks when it's just rained. There's a glow off the pavement. You walk me to your car. And you know, I want to ask you to dance right there in the middle of the parking lot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's so hard for me not to, like, start singing when I'm reading. <laughs> no. <laughs> right. I like yeah. Pretty much every now. Taylor song. 
this is just such a good a good feel good song it just makes you want to sing honestly when i think of this song i think of when bailey when we went to california for spring break and we we were on the beach we were having a great time and this song came on shuffle and it was like we turned it up really loud and we're like dancing on the beach and like we didn't care who saw us it was such a fearless kind of moment (sighs) main character moment yes exactly it was just it was oh if i can bottle that moment up and keep it forever i would because it was just it was so awesome and like such a just great time in our lives and I don't know. I, I, this song just makes me want to just dance on a beach in my best dress. Yeah. This song specifically is why, and like, I guess a little bit the notebook too, but this song, I, we'll get to this. Never mind. I'm going to not say that until we get to the actual part about it. Um, <laughs> ignore me. I'm like just excited to talk about this song. Yeah. No, I mean, I, this verse, okay, from the get go. I mean, I'm this this is what made me want to like go on a date with somebody like after it rained and to just to get that like iridescent glow off of the pavement where it's <laughs> you know almost just you can see your reflection off of it and maybe there's a rainbow somewhere and it's just kind of perfect and very picturesque but you know it, it it's also no one's outside because it just rained and it's just you and this person and you don't know what they're thinking they don't know what you're thinking i mean i i really that's all i get from just verse one this first verse it's just it's crazy to me that this was a song written about no one like not a relationship not a real date if we're like trusting what she says about it and like the way I feel, like, if she doesn't want to tell us that it was about a person, like, for privacy's sake, like, that's her prerogative. But if we're believing what she's saying, that this is not about a date that she's actually been on, then she, like, created a story to write yes. this song. Like, the this is very detailed. And it's funny because it's how realistic it is. Because when you think about the perfect date... You're not really gonna sit there and think, oh, it just rained. The pavement is right. wet. The glow. Yeah. Like that, I mean, but it's the same thing. Like I wouldn't have thought it until Taylor said it. And then I'm thinking, oh my gosh, how romantic is that? Like, you know, she has all of these details in our head that we don't even know about. Like it just, it blows my mind. But then it's like insane details. It's like yes. so hard to believe almost that like this wasn't a real date and something she imagined because of her attention to detail. Like who would yes. ever think about that? And it's such a realistic detail. Yes. Like, it's it's mundane. Like just the the idea of her of it raining before she gets picked up for this date. That's a story. Like this is like how you would like pick up some YA book, some YA romance book. <laughs> Written by Sarah Dessen yes. and <laughs> Colleen Hoover, and it's yes. and literally it, this teenager's going on her first date, and it it was just raining, and she's like, you know, it's it, it's the perfect time to dance in the street right now, you know, like the romance is right with the the glowing pavement and whatnot, you know, it's just it's such a realistic detail that it's crazy 
this wasn't an actual situation that happened to her. But also the way she was able to present this in lyrics that make it not cheesy, but magical. Because, like, that is such a fine line. Do you think that she, like, pulled this from watching TV and reading books and... Or do you, like, kind of what she did for other songs and that we know of for, like, Evermore and Folklore, like, how, do you think she was inspired by other works of art? Or do you think she just made it up? It's completely possible, but she's always been really forthcoming when, like, her songs have been inspired by other art, like, in terms yeah. of Death by a Thousand Cuts. She she doesn't... Can you guys hear that helicopter? Yeah, what is... Yeah. It's the helicopter. We live close to Fort gonna wait for a lot of crazy stuff going on in the world so yeah (laughs) what was i saying i totally i think i think especially when especially during the re-release of fearless taylor's version when she released that i think she maybe would have said that it was inspired by yeah yeah but i mean to your point i think subconsciously she yeah. never explicitly came out and said that happiness was inspired by the great Gatsby, but we found so many similarities that could be, you know? It's true. Oh, I have a feeling like to what Lizzie's saying that she read a book or watched a movie and it elicited these sorts of feelings in her. And she turned around and was like, just, I want to write a song about that kind of. Or just made her of. imagination run wild. Yeah. Right. Like, is we're all inspired by art and no thought is wholly original yes. in general. Yeah. And so I maybe not like consciously like the way she did with what is her song that she wrote about the book Rebecca off of Evermore. I can't Last remember the name of it. Tolerate guys. it. Oh, Tolerate It is written, is based on the book Rebecca. Oh, yeah. yeah, So maybe not like, okay, I'm going to sit down and like write a song based on this specific book, but I definitely feel like she probably read something or watched something that elicited these emotions, these responses. Like Bailey said, your imagination kind of runs wild and you have these feelings. And she sat down and put that in a song. So like subconsciously, totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Because you, you mentioned like Sarah Dessen, and that was really popular. Like those books were super popular around this time mm-hmm. when, when she was writing these. Yeah, but lyrics. I mean, it's and, and it doesn't necessarily have to have been inspired by one book, but like oh no, no, so a these, combination of all of the stuff that was going on in this time. Like yeah, when you romanticize your life or the idea of something, and then she turned around and wrote it. Yeah. yeah, I could totally see that. I mean, we do that all the time. Me and Chandler do anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. The amount um, of time that I spend maybe. on Wattpad as a 27-year-old is embarrassing. <laughs> I don't want to admit it. Especially when I go to the comments and people are, like, doing their, like, age check-ins where they're like, I'm 14. And I'm like... <laughs> I'm literally, like, twice your age, and I'm on here. <laughs> like, what does that say about me? Plus 14. <laughs> Y'all, I just don't know math. I'm literally sitting here like, 14 times 2 isn't 27? I mean, it, plus. it's technically not. You're right. No, but I was <laughs> like, it's 34. <laughs> It's okay. One time when Jesse and I, when we were engaged, we were measuring uh, 
fully circular table so it was round to see if it would fit in our apartment. A fully circular table. Like it was round. Like it was round. Like it wasn't up. It wasn't oblong. You know what I mean? It was a circle. Anyways, (laughs) we measured it like across. And he was like, it's like, you know, 59 inches. And I was like, okay, we got to measure the other side. (laughs) He was like, it's a circle. (laughs) And I was like, I know. And he was like, yeah, waiting for me to get the the punch. Like, uh, uh, yeah, that's if I strong suit either. Like so. Okay, yeah, I don't. Don't hold me down for the math. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, fearless. The first verse, it just sets it up. It sets up the story. You know, like we are excited to find out what happens next with this guy that she is wanting to dance with in the middle of the street or the parking lot. I want to know more. <laughs> yeah, the way I look first, it like leads into the second verse immediately and it's like natural continuation of the story. Yep. Yeah. You have a build to Lizzie's hopeless romantic. Yes. Like I'm in it. I oh. It's like I mean, it's like have you guys seen those traps? Those like book talk traps on TikTok where like you don't know they're talking about a book at first and they yeah. like tell a story and you're like yes. I'm invested and then and you're like you like, should go read this yes and you're like son of a <laughs> yes I've been bamboozled Lizzie do you want to do verse two yeah we're driving down the road I wonder if you know I'm trying so hard not to get caught up now but you're just so cool run your hands through your hair absentmindedly making me want you I love that line. I love that line so much. Absent-mindedly making me want you. I I love it. I think that that's probably my favorite lyric in the whole song. I love the word absent-mindedly. Mindedly. I love how she said, I'm trying so hard not to get caught up now. And then she says, but then you do all this stuff. And then, but you're still making me want you. Like, she is describing exactly what it's like when you're like super into someone like the first time and you're like every little thing that they do is mesmerizing even running their hands through their hair is but it's like the i've always thought of it like you know back in the day when everybody had like the justin all the dudes had the justin yes. bieber haircut <laughs> and not like because of justin bieber like that was just what everybody did justin bieber did not invent that hairstyle but I'm just imagining some cool guy who's, like, running his hand through his hair, like, and she's just like, oh, my God, you know? <laughs> like, she's Swoon, just, like, swoon. swoon. Yeah, she's, like, swooning, and this, like, <laughs> mediocre 17-year-old is just, like, you know. <laughs> swooning his hair. Especially shiny, then, like, like, the popped shaking. collar. Yes. Yes. The shake thing where they'd shake their bangs out of their eyes. Yeah, yeah. because it was the Justin oh Bieber my haircut. God. I definitely had so many crushes that did that. I would be like, oh. Yeah. Yeah, I was feral for that haircut. And I am so embarrassed. <laughs> Me too. It is not matter how ugly they look. If they had that haircut all over and if they were like a certain clone too that goes with it like oh like not the axe body spray spray. (laughs) maybe it was or the amber 
no. or whatever that crap was. The five gum. That oh. They shared their piece of five <laughs> gum with you. <laughs> you knew it was Get real. It. No, and back like, in the days when you used to like, what? I was just going to say, like, you're not wrong about that haircut because my first boyfriend had that haircut and, like, that was, like, everybody, and he was, like, everybody not, he was not cool, like, at, like, no offense to him, but we were both kind of, like, he was a nerd and I was, it, like, the weirdo in drama, so, like, I'm not trying to diss him. What boyfriend was this? What do you mean, which boyfriend was this? <laughs> okay, I thought I missed something. No. You said drama, and I was like, I thought you did dance in high school. You did do dance in high school. So I was, so it automatically went back to middle school when I know you did drama in middle school, and I was like, which middle school boyfriend did I miss? <laughs> oh, I did drama in high school. That's what I we forgot. <laughs> I know. Bitch. <laughs> I'm so. I'm just saying. I'm gonna. We sit. I said this is the first episode but we definitely all would have been friends because bailey and i were both in yeah. drama and theater and oh yeah but yeah back to uh, verse two i mean i i can't speak enough about how i am obsessed with this song this song okay. made me fall in love with taylor swift over again like this is like what she does well. This is the perfect example of what she does well is that she takes normal everyday things and she makes them magical. Yeah. The way that she writes songs, she she's can so take good. Yeah. She's so good at romanticizing the littlest detail. The the simplest minute detail. She's so good at romanticizing it to make it seem like this grandiose thing. But also, she just puts words to things that I don't even think about. But but I, I understand. Like, she describes the feeling of it, like, so well. And the way she can articulate her words to describe such a very mundane, basic thing. It, I, I can't ever do that. I mean, I went to school. I have an English degree. And I can write, but not like this. You know, like, she can make driving down the road seem like i don't know a the beginning of a drama movie you know what i mean like and it's not just that but it's the way she's singing these words it's the way the music is too like instrumentally this song gives off that very bubbly feeling you know what i mean like you're feeling like you're floating almost when you're listening this to this song, song makes you happy yes yeah so, like you're on cloud nine you're listening to it yeah. you're like you feel like you are actually on like a first date kind of thing or i also never even interpreted this song i mean i know that it's what it's about and i know these first two verses you know she is describing this guy that she's with and how she's feeling about it but i also just think about just experiences in general you know i think about like being with your best friend dancing on the beach or you know i think of starting a new school I mean, and I think that's why, or like those kind of things, starting things fresh, starting new things, starting new beginnings. And I think that is why she did decide that this song title was the perfect title for the her sophomore album. Like it, it, it describes like the beginning of, basically the beginning of errors for Taylor Swift because you had the debut and this is just, she's 
kicking off, like saying like, okay, I want to give you this part of me. This is what I get ready for this new beginning. These yeah. new adventures, you know? It's kind of yeah, right. it's like the excitement of the unknown yes. a little bit. Like you said, like with the new experiences, like you said, like when you're starting a new school, especially when you're like a freshman going into high school and yeah. it's like you're so excited and you wonder what it's going to be like. And, you know, when you get in that certain mood, when you go on a vacation, you're like, you just get super excited to like wear new things and see new places and just experience completely just experience something new like that's kind of what this song captures in a way it It captures so many different emotions it does it's just the idea of being fearless itself and she mentions it in the prologue of you know the original album that she released in 2008 fearless is not the absence of fear it's having the fear but you jump anyway just the idea that anything you do can be fearless regardless of how it makes you feel like yeah, because stepping into a new school regardless of whether or not you're nervous that's fearless anything can be fearless your whole life can be fearless yeah it's like doing the impossible it's like mm-hmm. do, or doing the things that do scare you to death like going on a first date when I first listened to this I didn't experience much of anything yet So these experiences that she's talking about, like this song going on a first date, I'm thinking like, oh my gosh, this is exactly what it's going to be like. And even though my first date probably did not level up to this kind of, um, you know, but actually, you know, my first date with Dan was kind of like this. So like, it could be, yeah, I'm like rambling. I'm going to shut up now. Everybody else talk. Yeah. Do we want to move on to the chorus? (laughs) Yeah. Okay, and I don't know how it gets better than this. You take my hand and drag me head first, fearless. And I don't know why, but with you, I dance in a storm in my best dress, fearless. Okay, so I have a story, and it's super cheesy, but I love Taylor Swift, so I love it. So last year, Adam and I went to the beach for vacation, right? And it was thunderstorming. And I, I don't like thunderstorms at the beach. Like, just, they kind of freak me out. <laughs> the ocean's right there. <laughs> There's some lightning going on. Not, not real fun, right? But so we were sitting outside, like, on the balcony of our place. And we're just sitting there. And I had a dress on because we had just gotten back from dinner. It was just, just like a t-shirt dress. But it was thunderstorming. And it had stopped thundering and lightning and it was just raining and we were sitting outside on the balcony just kind of listening to taylor swift and then fearless started playing and i was like oh fearless we love it right so then he grabs the phone and the bluetooth speaker like goes inside and goes like down the stairs or whatever there wasn't like stairs off the balcony so i'm like what are you like where are you going with my music and he's literally in the like side street and I'm like what are you doing I'm like up on the balcony and he's like well come down and I was like what like it's raining so I you know I came down or whatever and we were dancing (laughs) it was so cute you had a fearless moment yeah it was just like and it wasn't like oh like we're slow dancing it was just like jumping around just like twirling around in the rain like just barefoot and like who cares you know oh, i love that rebecca you're muted <laughs> i just saw that 
I said, like, that's your main character moment. Yes. And also, like, uninhibited, like, the way you were dancing, just, like, where you don't care. That's the best, though. That's the best kind of dancing, when you, like, don't care about how you look or anybody else around you, and you're just so in the moment with your person, whether that's, like, your best friend, if it's a partner. That's yeah. what this song is like, that uninhibited moment of just mm-hmm. not caring about what the world thinks at all, letting go of everything, and just enjoying the moment. I mean, moments after I, when Bailey and I, when we danced to this, I got the tattoo that says fearless. So I like took that moment and encapsulated it and permanently put it on my skin because I want to be reminded of that kind of freedom you have in that, in that moment. Exactly. It's, ugh. and I really liked the, I mean, we'll go into our favorite lyrics, but I like the last two or, and I don't know why, but with you, I dance in a storm and my best dress fearless. Yeah, I can't decide if this is my favorite lyric or absentmindedly making me want you. There's right. so many like good ones in this song. But this that song- quote is the one you always put on our pictures when you did what you would call it, photo bucket. No, picnic. Picnic. <laughs> <laughs> Get it right, Rebecca. I can't. Oh, yeah, I'm just really. So picnic. Yeah, no, I mean. I've always like really liked I, I I've always liked the idea of like dancing in your best dress in a storm and like ruining it or whatever because yeah like, because who cares yeah because I'm not like when I say like best dress in my mind that's not like some like sundress that you're like wearing on a date like this is like a nice dress that can actually get ruined if it is in the rain and you just don't mm-hmm. care yeah yeah which is like a crazy concept for me because I'm so like uptight about <laughs> everything unfortunately. <laughs> So, like, I love the idea of it in my head, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. that be like? (laughs) I would never. I'm a Taurus. We like our things. We don't want them to get messed up. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like, I'll see, like, pictures of ruining the dress things. You know, like, that was, like, a big thing in, like, the mid-2010s. I don't know if that's a big thing now. But, like, seeing, like, women jump into pools or, like, into like the beat like the ocean with their dresses and I'm like you spent like thousands on that dress just to like ruin it like I just I I mean there's a lot of dresses that I could easily just feel like that are like $20 dresses that I'm like whatever I don't really care what happens to it but my wedding dress yeah I very much care about that so but not to hate on that because this is my favorite line like I love it but I think it's also what it represents the idea of doing anything and going anywhere with your person in a way just okay it doesn't really matter where I am as long as I'm with you kind of thing mm-hmm. I think that's at the end of the day the deeper meaning of these lyrics not the physical okay let's like dance in our best dress in a right. storm like it can be and some people like do go on a date and, you know, dance in a dress, like one of their dresses, that's not their best dress. And you're still like experiencing that moment. But at the end of the day, I think it's more of just, you're having the time of your life with this person. I think that these lines have double meanings too, because it also means like, like you were saying, kind of, no matter what I, what happens with this person, like we have each other and the storm could be like a literal storm dancing in your best dress or like a figurative storm. Like all the things that might come at you, like, you know, this person is with me and we're going to take everything as it comes. And as long as I'm, as long as we're together, everything's going to be okay. And that's, 
like the line right before the last two, you take my hand and drag me head first fearless. It's like the idea that we are in this together no matter what. Like I'm always going to be here for you regardless of whatever life throws at us, regardless of whatever storm comes our way. Yeah, that's right. exactly what I was about to bring up too is the you take my hand and drag me head first line. Uh, that's another really good one. Just the idea of like being with somebody and you're all in and you're all in together and it it's a really I don't want to say I don't want to say the word imagery but it's like a really beautiful concept to me it is and I think it really ties back to what she said in the prologue and what we talked about before about how fearless isn't the absence of fear but still like jumping in anyway kind of thing. This is exactly what that's saying. If you're looking at this from a figurative standpoint of we're in this together no matter what, and we know we're going to face trials and things are going to come up and that can be really scary. Like commitment can scare people because of that and like the things that you know you're going to face in your life, but you're doing it together. And that's why you're dancing in that storm together. Like it makes total sense. Do we want to move on to the third verse? Sure. So baby, drive slow till we run out of road. In this one horse town, I want to stay right here. In this passenger seat, you put your eyes on me. In this moment now, capture it, remember it. I. Baby, do you want to tell your story about your picture frame that doesn't actually say capture, remember? <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh. <laughs> Liz, don't you dare. Oh, I forgot about that. of high school I got all of us in our friend group I printed out a picture of like me and Liz me and Rachel and me and Avery and I had picture frames engraved in this no I think it just said capture it remember it the picture frame says remember it (laughs) no V Remember. Did you get it from Things Remembered? That story? I sure did. (laughs) Part of it is, I didn't realize that there was no B in remember until like three years later. (laughs) I just, I mean, that was noticeable. I remember being at I honestly didn't notice it until you pointed it out. Like, I didn't notice it. Like, I, I would have gone on having that frame forever without like not even noticing that there's a missing letter (laughs) and it would have been fine it's all good it's the thought behind (laughs) it you know just ruined everything like (laughs) i think it made the gift i think that's the best part (laughs) um so when i went to the speak now tour which was the first Taylor Swift show that I got to go to she sang fearless on the B stage and it was like this like glowing tree behind her and it was like circling and she played it on ukulele and it was like I'm pretty sure she like did a mashup of fearless and I'm yours by Jason Mraz because it was 2011 obviously (laughs) but anyway she sang this song and whenever she got to this verse she would say in this moment now and then whatever state she was in so she said because i saw it in south carolina she said in this moment now 
oh wait no she said Carolina now capture it remember it and so now I always sing that song like that I know the live version of this song from the speak now tour that's on the live album says California now I think so she did it with like she did it things. for our show too Bailey but I don't remember what she said I don't remember what because we were in DC so I don't know I would assume <laughs> I have I, I don't remember remember it remember it <laughs> Remember. <laughs> oh my <Awesome>. god. <laughs> Everything's fine. Capture it, remember it. Liz, do you still have that picture frame, maybe? Oh god, I don't think so. I don't remember. It might be at my parents' house. Lizzie said, oh, it's misspelled trash. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> it's probably at my parents' house, and I don't know where it is. Who knows? Any other thoughts on this verse? I like that this verse really continues the story. Like, I I can't really tell if the whole, I mean, I guess I always kind of think like the first and second verse are them get going on the date, whatever they're in the car driving to the date. And then whatever the third verse is, is they're driving home from the date or whatever. So they've already like been on the date and he's about to like drop her off. But I like how it's, kind of like a continuation of them being in the car. I don't know why, but it's it's the same thing. It's like a normal everyday thing and she's making it sound so special and amazing and magical. See, I've always seen it as the first like couple of verses are when they're first starting the date and then this verse is when they're on their way back from the date and that's why she do, like doesn't want it to end you know like so maybe drive slow because she doesn't want the date to end and then the last verse is obviously like the end of the date and it all points to different like like if you look at the lyrics in the verses it all points to different moments where she has to be fearless in the beginning when she's like we're driving down the road and I'm trying so hard not to get caught up now but you're so cool like you you can like hear like the nervousness like she's so nervous am I gonna make a good impression he's so cool he's just running his hands through his hair and absentmindedly like he's just so hot without even trying you know like that nervousness yeah it sounded better in my head. <laughs> Everything I say sounds better in my so head. Whole, I apologize. Like, in this moment now, capture, remember it. I think about like so. Something I do. This might be really cheesy, but I'm gonna say it. Is when stuff happens between Dan and I, that's like really picturesque, and I don't have like my phone on me or like I, you know, I like do the whole like snap. Okay, pack it up, Pam and Jim. Oh, <laughs> that's probably where I got it from. Honestly. But this is, that, that reminds me of this. She probably yeah. didn't actually have a, like, camera with her. She, that would be kind of creepy if you're on a first date with someone. You're like, I really literally need to capture it and remember it. So let me take a picture of it. You know, but that, I think about that all the time. Like, I do that with Dan. Dan does not get that reference from the office, but I do. So... Okay, I was going to say there's two different kinds of people in the world because Lizzie, on one hand, does the, like, really cute, like, Jim and Pam thing. Me, when Jesse says something funny or embarrassing, I write it down in my notes section (laughs) on my phone and compile it. Also, I'm laughing super hard because the first date that Chandler went on with her boyfriend, I, like, hid behind them practically the entire time and took pictures. That was not our first date. Oh. Is the, the first next, kiss. I, yeah. 
that's but you're right no but um my my date I did it was homecoming so I did take like my I did have my camera with me Taylor was like (laughs) with Lizzie's like that would be weird Chandler's like (laughs) (laughs) but I was the creeper friend that's like let's get this photo I know (laughs) walking behind us with her and I'm pretty sure you took it on a cell phone camera in 2010 (laughs) just the worst part about it like (laughs) I think that's like the most devastating part about the pictures from the fearless tour is like they're all blurry and they're terrible quality so like I went to the show but I really don't have any legit photographic evidence that's like worthy of like yeah like you can't like print it or like no. you can't like look back at it really fondly as you're like what am I looking at exactly it's, like, yeah, it's like not <laughs> Taylor on the stage and I was also in the nosebleed seat so that didn't make it any better but it's blurry it's completely zoomed in on yeah. a no phone you know I think I called Bailey during that show and left like you know remember when you had to like record if you wanted to like record like a sound like <laughs> and send it to somebody like I did that or the voicemail was that, and I sent it to her, and it was, like, 15. I don't even remember what it was. I think was it was 15. I don't know. I, to be honest with you, I think we were on the phone during the whole yeah, thing. I think so, too. So, <laughs> I think you just had me dialed in, and there I was. <laughs> Before FaceTime, you know, I couldn't FaceTime, so I was like, you know, you were just on speakerphone. <laughs> That's true friendship, though. <laughs> Yeah, capture it, remember it. <laughs> and now I'm trying to think of, like, what my first date actually was. I, I don't remember who it was with, anything. I've got, like, zero recollection. Is this, like, a trauma response? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't even know if I had a real... I mean, obviously... Isn't that sad, like... That I'm pretty sure, like, my first kiss wasn't, like, after our first date or anything. Like, it was... I remember my first kiss, unfortunately, but not my first first date. It was really gross. He had braces. (laughs) Listen, mine was after spin the bottle. Ah, that's hilarious. My first date was going to see High School Musical. I was at a. My first kiss was at a party. Lizzie, you just have so many main character moments. That's like every kid's like peak, like. We stare and we see each other across the room. It wasn't like that at all. (laughs) The tension is palpable. He was going around trying to make out with every single girl that he could and came to And Lizzie was just like, yeah. And I, no, he caught me off guard. I didn't even know who this kid was. And he just came (laughs) up to me. That's sad. That is really sad because you were kissed without your consent. I didn't have my first kiss until my freshman year of college. And he, like, so I was, what, 17? He came up and was just trying to, like, make out with anybody that he could. Wait, was he drunk? He was drunk. Oh. And I wasn't okay. even. I wasn't so drunk. You and were, it was sloppy. You were 17. Yeah. Chandler, how old were you? <laughs> I was 16, and it was when we went to the state fair, and that was I. That was the date that I took Rebecca on with me. And for I thought most, that was your first kiss with him. Oh. Ever. <laughs> 
ever. But um, I, I took Rebecca on this date with me and we pretty much ran around. I think we've talked about this before, but there's like a picture of like everybody like coupled up and then me and Rebecca like all over each other. And, I and was you were in his hoodie. <laughs> and it was not with Rebecca, but uh, we did the um, little like ski lift, sky lift thing or whatever. And in theory, really romantic, like perfect scene the scene was set like very romantic in actuality very very awkward very uncomfortable it always is like when you're like young and you're like okay what do I do now like you don't have that like ability to transition from that one moment to the other but yeah you're right like that's like literally like the main character moment of oh we're at our at our town's like country fair we're on a on a ride and he just looks me in the eyes and it's dark and the stars are sparkling and on the one behind me (laughs) taking pictures taking pictures (laughs) i was like your instagram husband before you needed it (laughs) yeah yeah bailey how old were you um i was in eighth grade no i lied i was in fourth grade Technically, technically, my first kiss just a peck. Yeah. So if that's what we're counting, then the fourth grade. But actual like make out eighth grade. Wow, I'm impressed. Thank you. (laughs) I think. (laughs) I love that we're talking about this now when we haven't even gotten to the part of the song that's about your first kiss um Rebecca you want to you want to so after the third verse the chorus repeats and then Rebecca would you like to tell us the bridge oh yeah I'd be honored (laughs) because my first kiss memory is coming back and it's like this oh anyways okay I was going to say, like, a trauma, like, <laughs> traumatic event, like, coming back. Because, like, you always, like, as a kid, like, you think you're, like, oh, like, it's going to be so magical. Then it happens. You're, like, oh. Yeah. That's like, always gross. It's, like, and, like so awkward. Worst. And, <laughs> yeah. Like, it, it, like, totally ruins it. I can't believe I just did that. Yeah. It does feel great. Right. Like, yeah. Oh. And you just don't, like, and you look back and you're, like, that was not a good, like, yeah. you can't, like, really look back with, like, fondness. Like, oh. Like, I remember my first kiss. Like, you're, it's always, like, ill. <laughs> so it, like, ruins the, like, magic. Anyways, okay. Well, you stood there with me in the doorway. My hand shake. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you losing it right now? Because I, like, remembered, like, the whole situation is, like, we did, like, the spin the bottle, but, like, I don't really count that as, like, my first kiss. And then, like, is it was a party because it was my boyfriend's birthday. This is the one that cheated on me, but he didn't cheat, obviously, till after. Anyways, um, and then, like, my friends, like, locked, locked us in the room, just me and him. And my mom, and then they were, like, your mom's here. So I literally just kissed him and ran out the door. I ran. <laughs> I didn't even say bye. I, like, ran, and he was upstairs. So I, like, ran all the way down the stairs in front of everyone out the front door and jumped in the car. And my mom's like, what is wrong with you? And I'm like, nothing. (laughs) 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 Nothing happened. (laughs) Okay, anyway, so I'm just, like, remembering being locked in that room and being, like, (sighs) like, panic. (laughs) It's like a panic thing. 
I like panic kissed him and ran. The hands shaking, wasn't it? Yes, that's what triggered the memory. Just being like, it's now or never. <laughs> and it just ran, left him there. Typical. Okay, anyways. Well, you stood there with me in the doorway, my handshake. I'm not usually this way, but you pull me in and I'm a little more brave. It's the first kiss. It's flawless. It's really something. It's fearless. <laughs> it was really something for me, but like not in the way I, she was saying it. <laughs> I definitely think that this, what, what she means by this is like when you really, really like someone and it's like a great date and because I would have to say, like, my first kiss with Dan was like this. Like, it was, like, kind of, it was definitely, like, I was a main character in, in that moment. Oh, I am excited to tell this story about me and my husband's first kiss. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Dan and I had our first kiss. It was so romantic, like, underneath. So we had our first date at the same place where we were getting married. And we went to spontaneously went to DC, like drove 45 minutes, went to DC, went to the secret spot that he probably took other girls. No, probably he didn't. He told me he didn't, but who knows? And there was a waterfall in this like little park, but it was November. So it was really chilly. So I was wearing like his coat. I was wearing this, ironically, a white dress, which was like crazy, but um, man. yeah. And then we're underneath the waterfall and he like kisses me oh that's and so cute it was like we weren't when i say underneath the waterfall I mean, we weren't like in the waterfall like it was there's like a little bit of space and a gap behind it yes like right behind it and there was like pretty lights because it was the middle of the night and no one was around and it was like the one of the best moments that i'll always have like it was just very romantic and spontaneous i love spontaneous things like that y'all gotta stop you're making me bitter <laughs> okay let me tell you this story oh, no. okay, so our me and kelly's first real date because he apparently thought we were going on a date but he didn't say hey do you want to go on a date he just said hey you want to hang out so i show up in like a t-shirt and some jean shorts and he's wearing like his khaki shorts and a button down and like dressed nice but then we end up going to a mexican restaurant and then to um yeah and then to a yoga hut um afterwards and um is this like, the yoga hut in downtown yeah you know it doesn't exist anymore it's like something else now but yeah okay it's that i one. know exactly what you're talking about yeah anyway so he thought it was a date i didn't know because he never said this is a date or asked me on a date he just said want to hang out and i thought we would like i don't know like watch a movie or something anyway so we have a do-over we have our first real date and we go to like a nice restaurant we get all dressed up and then afterwards we're like walking around downtown um on the university of south carolina's campus they have this place called the horseshoe which is like a kind of like a centralized hub i guess i don't know i didn't go to usc i went to a different college in the in in the same city but we're like walking around and he's like taking me to the secret garden and he's like oh, um, there's like this secret rose garden in the horseshoe. And I was like, oh my God, I've been there before. And he was like, what? 
And I was like, yeah, I was helping my friend take some dance photos this summer. She had like a photographer come and like, this was one of the places that we went to and we took pictures here. And he was like, oh, and he was like all upset about it. He was like, anyway, okay, let's go to the Rose Garden. And so we go to this little like secret enclosed like Rose Garden with like benches and stuff. Um, and it's like September, but all of the roses are dead. Like we're just surrounded by dead roses <laughs> and we like sit down on the bench and that's where we had our first kiss. And he also asked me to be his girlfriend. It was like very, would you do me the honor of being my girlfriend or something like that? I don't know. But anyway, so all the roses were dead. So I always just like, will like say that I love him, even though the ro- all the roses were dead. And I like still agreed to be his girlfriend, even though the perfect moment was like, quote unquote, ruined, even though it wasn't, it was still like, sweet. but it was like your perfect moment. You know what I mean? Um, it was still very awkward because of who I am as a person. Yeah, but, you know. <laughs> but um, no, it's just funny. Cause he, w- he really thought that he was going to show me some secret place with these beautiful roses everywhere. <laughs> You're like, oh, I've been there. I've been here one, two, the roses were all dead, so. I mean, you know, it's funny, like, I, I romanticized Dan and I's first kiss, but let's remember that for dinner, you want to know what I did? I'm so, I'm also very awkward. You remember that thing that was like, if you answer all these questions, or you ask a significant other all these questions, like, they're guaranteed to fall in love with you? Do you remember it was like some weird article that came out, it was like 45 questions, random questions. So what did I do? I asked him on our first date these random questions from this article at the first date. So I'm sitting there and I'm like asking him like some really deep questions that are like way left field. And he's probably thinking, like, who is this crazy person? Like, I came prepared. Like, I had, like, screenshots of the questions. <laughs> you read the syllabus. You you were ready to yes. write an essay. Like, you're doing the homework. And Highlighted. Honestly, I was super nervous. And I had, like, basically a bottle of wine. First of all, like, that should never have happened. I barely ate because I was nervous. Oh, so, no. Yeah. So, like, everything that I remember was also really heightened because I was pretty drunk but I mean it still so it was my main character moment with rose I mean I just had rose colored glasses on you know yeah my first date with Jesse was horrendous um I don't even know if I want to talk about (laughs) actually it's it is really funny and when he asked me to be his girlfriend I didn't mean to say yes I panicked and said yes (laughs) and then I called one of my best friends after I got home and was like what have I done and we devised a plan for me to break up with him. I was like, I just, I panicked. I didn't know what to do. I said yes. <laughs> and Valentine's Day was coming up, and he was about to go home to see his parents for Valentine's like, oh, and no. do this whole thing and see oh, a bunch no. of family. And so I was like, I can't break up with him this weekend. Like, that would just be, I, I would literally be horrible. I'll just break up with him next weekend. I'm literally gonna hyperventilate from laughing so hard. <laughs> well, let me tell you about our first date then. Jesse is not a good planner. Bless his heart. He's got great qualities. This is the group date, right? <laughs> yes. Have you heard no. this story? I've heard this story. I didn't know you didn't mean to date him. <laughs> yes. Wait, two children later. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're you knocked me up. I'm not leaving now. So, anyways, yeah, 
Oh, and the best part about this was it's like, like maybe the day after he asked me to be his girlfriend, word travels around like quickly on some types of campuses, including Christian campuses. And I, yeah, I went to one of those Christian schools that's like ring before spring. Anyways, and this girl in my class was like, are you going to marry him? And I was like, <laughs> and I literally laughed. Her face was like, <laughs> no. And she was like, so put off. She's like, oh, oh, okay. So why are you just like dating him for fun then? And I was like, yeah, I'm actually going to break up with him in like a week. <laughs> <laughs> Joke's on me. And she was like, so like, she just like turned around and was like, okay, like I'm not talking to you anymore. Anyways, so our first date, <laughs> he's not a great planner. So it was a group date and we were supposed to go to these caves and like break open glow sticks and like, like shake the glow stick on rocks and play hide and hide in the seek, like glow in the dark, hide in the seek, hide and seek, glow in the dark, hide and seek in this caves. Well, apparently where the cave was at was shut down. We didn't know this for the elk migration and we got stopped by a park ranger who threatened to arrest us while one of the guys from the group date was peeing in a bush and he was like and so we were like yeah we're gonna get out of here and so and let me just say he was like there are signs up everywhere you know like you're gonna damage the elk and we're like oh okay we didn't see anything and so we had no idea like the gate wasn't closed or anything so then we're like oh we'll go Hi, Dad. <laughs> okay, I just got the coffee. He was scared too. Like he didn't know I was in here. We scared each other. It's like a mutual scaring. Okay. Anyways, and so we decided we're gonna go to this park instead and dump the glow sticks on rocks and skip rocks across the water. Right? Like, super lame. Whatever. We were just trying to salvage the date at this point because we were literally thought we were getting arrested. And Jesse, being the wonderfully smart man that he is, instead of breaking the glow stick this way, he breaks it upward in a projectile shot into both of his eyes. And if you know, glow sticks have literally, like, shards of glass in them. So it was like 30 degrees outside and I'm like dumping like a bottle of water on his face trying to like irrigate his eyes <laughs> which didn't work and he was blind so I had to drive us back to his apartment to like get solution for his eyes so that you know so we could like get it out of his eyes so he wouldn't have more permanent eye damage when the guy's already blind as a bat that was our first date and the name of the park was called beaver dick park (laughs) (laughs) wonderful which were named by christians so you can only imagine that they did not understand the innuendos that came with naming a park beaver dick park maybe they did know (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so yeah now we're married so I guess it all worked out now you're married I'm, I still can't believe that you didn't mean to literally say. like I, did, I didn't 
And I ran away. Again, I'm a runner, I guess. She's a runner. <laughs> She's a trash dog. <laughs> I, I like, and I literally, my friend can like testify that I like called her up in a panic. And I was like, I don't know what to do. I just said yes. I feel so bad. Like, ah! and then I was like, Valentine's Day is coming up. He's going home. I can't break up with him. I'd be the worst person in the world. Okay, but question. What, what made you not break up with him and instead marry and have his children? Not, okay. Mary, he had to convince me. <laughs> did I ever tell you guys about the time he told me he loved me and I didn't say it back and I was like no, but Rebecca birds of a feather because Kelly told me he loved me and I said I love you too as a person I'd be really sad if you didn't exist <laughs> I mean well at least it's better than not saying it at all and there's a 45 minute silent ride back after <laughs> when Adam told me he loved me first I didn't really say it back but then we were just like joking around and I used to I used to work with one of my best friends and we always used to say like jokingly like oh can you do this for me thanks ho like oh love you mean it you know something like that like we would say something so mean to each other and then we'd be like love you mean it so he said something and I said something really mean and I was like love you and I was like oh shit and then I was like mean it <laughs> oh, you <gotta> double down <laughs> next weekend and I kept putting it off because I'm a people pleaser and I don't like hurting people's feelings when I like care about them if I don't care about them then I don't care about hurting your feelings and then I got really sick with strep throat and uh, this is like going on to another story unfortunately I have really bad stories I got really sick with strep throat long story short I couldn't eat for days lost weight the first thing I could eat were like instant mashed potatoes. Jesse came over, FaceTimed his family while I was super sick with like 103 degree fever, ate the rest of my mashed potatoes. I hadn't done laundry. I was planning on doing laundry. So I didn't have anything clean because I was too sick to literally do laundry. So I was in a zebra print onesie with 103 degree fever meeting his family on FaceTime. Then he ate the rest of the only food I could eat. <laughs> so I got really bad. Sounds so, like Jesse. Yes. So I kicked him out of my apartment and I was like, well, screw this. I'm going to go to McDonald's. I get in my car to go to McDonald's and I ran out of gas on the hill in my zebra print onesie. My car started like rolling back and I was like, Son of a so I had to call him even though I was mad at him. And he brought his friend to help push my car down the hill. And I was in my zebra print onesie and I was bawling my eyes out by this point over McDonald's chicken nuggets. <laughs> And after that experience of, like, hitting, like, rock bottom, I was like, okay, I guess he's a keeper. <laughs> like, he pushed my car when I ran out of gas and I was mad at him. We're great at this, you guys. Uh, yeah, we gotta get through this. We gotta get through this. Okay, well, that was the, that was the bridge, like, 
you know, um, we didn't really talk about it. We kind of just talked about ourselves. <laughs> well, I mean, we talked about our first kisses, first dates. I mean, it kind of relates just a little bit. Yeah. Just, but um, after that, the chorus just repeats two more times. Then she says, oh, 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 yeah. And it's over. It's the song. So, favorite lyrics. <laughs> All of them? Everywhere? Yeah, I can't really pick one. I mean, if I had to pick one, it'd be like, and I don't know why, but with you, I dance in a storm and my best dress fearless. I love that one. I think mine would be, in this moment now, capture it, remember it. Remember it. Remember Shut it. Um, I'm stuck between absentmindedly making me want you and, uh, with you, I'd dance in a storm in my best dress. I really like, I don't know how it gets better than this. You take my hand and drag me head first fearless. And I also like, and I think is underrated the first two opening lines of the song. There's something about the way the street looks when it's just rained. Like, I just feel like that's just so magical. Yeah. And I love the magic that exists in those lyrics. Um, secret message in this song is I loved you before I met you, which kind of makes me think that this is about a real situation. Yeah. Yeah. That definitely sounds like it. Sounds like it. I don't know. I mean, it could be like she's saying like future. Yeah, I I was taking it as like that. Like, I already love you and I haven't even met you yet. Yeah. She's talking Harry Styles. (laughs) Harry (laughs) Styles. She was talking about Joe Alwyn. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is, like, back then. invisible string. Like, the, you know, yeah. like, I hope that she found her, whoever she's describing in this song. I hope that's she Cheryl. She loves a London boy, so. Yeah, but I guess that's what it means if it's not about an actual situation. Then it's just kind of like that I... Well, isn't there a song that's like, I knew I loved you before I met you? What is that? that? Savage Garden. I knew I loved you before I met you. It's by Savage Garden. It's called I Knew I Loved You. I don't even know this band, but I know the song. (laughs) LOL at me thinking it's Jesse McCartney's boy band from when he was a literal (laughs) child. (laughs) Anyway, yeah pubescent Jesse McCartney. Do we want to move on to our song recommendations? Yeah. Chandler's excited. Start us off. Okay. I'm really excited for these because I do love a good sad song, like a gut-wrenching song that just like really gets you in the feels, but I also love a love song. So I'm very excited for this. Number one, Kiss Me by Sixpence None the Rich. Was that one of yours, Bailey? Was it really? <laughs> yes, it was. I love that song, though. That is that is a very similar, like, this, if I had to describe a first date, that would be another song that I would choose. Yeah. And then just this kind of song. <laughs> but, I mean, it's, like, got a very similar, like, vibe in that it's, like, it makes this whole mundane situation of, like, sitting on swings together and like fireflies and it makes it very seem very magical and then my second one is love bug by the jonas brothers because <laughs> it's just Good such a too. like happy song that's like you know it just makes you feel like you're in love um and then the third one 
is stolen by Dashboard Confessional. Oh, oh my, my gosh. What a throwback. Gosh. Have always been obsessed with this song. Always, always, always. I used to think it was the perfect love song. Like, and I used to, I, I remember one time in high school, I had this very, very blurry cropped photo of me from group pictures we were taking with that, like, what was it called? Like the photo booth on Max, where it would like take a bunch of different, you could like put all the little filters on it. And so me and some friends took a bunch of pictures. I cropped one of the pictures. It had like a sepia filter on it. And I put, you have stolen my, and then an actual like heart in from Picnic, obviously. And that was my profile picture for a long time. Anyway, I got to see them perform this song in... I think it was 29, yeah, 2019 at a St. Patrick's Day party that is thrown in my hometown, St. Pat's and Five Points, which is basically just, you get really shit-faced. And they have, like, musical acts. Anyway, Dashboard Confessional was there that year, and they did Stolen, and I was, like, so drunk and just, like, spinning around and screaming the song at the top of my lungs. And then also, so... The lyrics are, I watch you spin around in your highest heels. That line is kind of referenced by Taylor Swift herself in Mirrorball. What is the line? I can't remember off the top and of my head. And in my highest heels, love. Yeah. So anyway, uh, those are mine. <laughs> love Bug is like literally the perfect like mirror for this song, I feel yeah. like. Let's be completely honest here. This song, Love Bug was like being written around the time they were dating, was it not? Or did it, had it already come out? Yeah, well, it was a, it had already come out around the time that Joe Jonas and Taylor Swift were dating because then they made it a single. And, and the this, music video is where he met Camilla Bell and then cheated on her or broke up with her. What, I don't, I don't know. We, we don't know the full story, but. Wasn't Love Bug though, like a Nick and Miley kind of? Yes. So uh, we need to acknowledge this chain reaction. I've been thinking about making a TikTok about this. If Nick and Miley had not met, he would have never written Love Bug, in which we would have never gotten the single, in which we would have never gotten the music video, in which Joe and Camilla would have never had their thing, in which Taylor and Joe would have never broken up, and then we would have never gotten Better Than Revenge. Or Forever and Always. Or, or Holy Forever Day. and Always. Or Last Kiss. Or Last Haunt. Kiss. Last Kiss. Like, thank you, Camilla Bell. Not that this was her fault. This was definitely not her fault. This was Joe Jonas's fault. He is, you know, he was a grown adult. They were 18 year olds. He had his own mind. He made his own decisions, whatever. Wasn't Camilla Bell's fault. But like in the, you know, simplification of it, like, thank you, Camilla Bell. Yeah, for dating him, for sure. We got some grace. <laughs> it all worked out in the end. Yep. Who wants to go next? I'll go. Okay, I have two now since Chandler stole one of mine. I'm sorry. <laughs> I should just go last from now on. <laughs> I have Chasing Cars by Snow Patrol. Oh, good one. And I'm Yours by Jason Mraz. That's funny because she mashed up the song on the Speak Now tour. Uh-huh. Yeah. Love it. I have Teenage Dream by Katy Perry. That's and then good. I also have another Taylor song, Begin Again. It's I was gonna say that one well like I didn't put that on my list but like I felt like this was like the older I felt like beginning in was the older sister sad version of fearless yes. Mm -hmm. yes. does that make sense 
Yeah, yes. because she is describing like coming out from a heartbreak and begin literally beginning again with somebody new and how exciting that can be. You know, it's it's a different type of but magic. She, yeah, but she's describing those little details though in that exactly. song. Exactly. It's like a jaded like when you like you said she's coming out of her heartbreak and so she's like a bit jaded and rediscovering the magic that can exist in those first experiences again. Yeah. That's how I felt, too. Love it. And then for Teenage Dream, I don't know, I had a Teenage Dream because the song was also, I think, pretty popular at this time, too. When it was came out in 2010. Okay. So, two years. Yeah, it's like... Around the same time. I mean, yeah. I saw... I think I saw Fearless in 2010. Or 2009. Do I? I don't remember. But yeah, this song is another one that makes me want to, like... I don't know, it's a little bit more pop, more poppy and... Katy Perry-esque but she's also kind of like describing her significant other and I'm looking at the lyrics now but yeah I don't know where I was going with that (laughs) so I have like four but it seemed like y'all really leaned into the overall idea of like the teenage unjaded very innocent, optimistic, hopeful, like romantic side of this song when with your song recommendations, I guess I kind of like went in a totally different direction. And I focused in on like, because when I hear Fearless, I just remember the lyrics that stand out to me the most are like, and I don't know why, but with you, I dance in a storm at my best dress, Fearless, that ideal of not caring what you're doing as long as you're with that person. So... My first recommendation is My House by Casey Musgraves. If you guys don't know that song, it's like a super country song. And basically, the whole idea behind it is My House is with you, kind of. And she, like, one of the taglines in her chorus is, any KOA is A-OK as long as I'm with you. So come on, hit your wagon to this living room I'm dragging. If I can't bring you to my house, I'll bring my house to you. But, like, she talks about, like, going all over the country with this person and just being with that person. And she talks about not having water and electric, you know, in some part parts because they're traveling and everything. But it doesn't matter, really, because you're with that person. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, so kind of, like, it doesn't matter, like if you're dancing in a storm in your best dress, like, and it's getting wet, like, it's kind of, like, the same, like, mirroring the same idea. Anyways, so that's that. And then she, like, ends the song where it says, it don't matter where we go, we'll never be alone. Anywhere besides you is a place that I'll call home. So that's what that reminded me of. And then the song, literally, I Don't Dance by Lee Bryce, which is kind of special because me and Jesse, that was our wedding song. song. Oh, really? It was our first dance song. And it just reminds me of those lyrics at the end of Fearless, where it's, you know, I'll never settle down. That's what I always thought. I was that kind of man. Just ask anyone. I don't dance, but here I am spinning you round and around in circles. It ain't my style, but I don't care. I'll do anything with you anywhere. See, and like, I love that song. It, (laughs) it, It is, but it also reminds me of Fearless with the whole, like, you don't care if you're dancing in your best dress, like in the rain and destroying it because you're with that person and you do anything to be with them and experience that moment. Anyways, so oh, I love it. I forgot one of my songs real quick, Heartbeat by Carrie Underwood. I haven't heard that, that one. Because that one is very similar how she's like at a party and she, all she wants to do is like go back and 
or be with just her significant other far away from everybody else. And she talks about like his heartbeat is the only, or their heartbeat is like kind of the song that they could dance to. And it's like really romantic and blah, 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 blah. But that's kind of <laughs> the gist of it. I recommend it. It's really that's cute. cute. It's a really good song. Yeah. Another one that I thought, and this is more of like, I guess, the style that you guys, like your recommendations come from, it's You and I by Ingrid Michaelson. You guys <gasps> know that song? I love that song! Okay. It's so cutesy, and it's just so like, it, it that those like good feelings you get listening to Fearless, that's what it reminds me of. But that song is, I just love that song. It's so, so cutesy. Great. But, and then my last one, Long Live by Taylor Swift. It reminded me, like, so much, like, when she's, like, capture it, remember it, and then it starts out. I said, remember this moment in the back of my mind. Mm-hmm. And, like, I know this song at the end of the day was written about her band and, like, their experiences rising to fame because she kept her same band, mem- band members, like, for a very long time, which a lot of artists do not do. Um, and they went through a lot together. But I, if you read through the lyrics of the song and take it from a totally different perspective, it can kind of be, like, an that relationship that's almost not like a forbidden love type of relationship, but that like love that you constantly have to fight for. It's like an uphill battle, but like a lot of like the lyrics kind of mirror fearless, you know, the da- the night you dance, like you knew our lives would never be the same, you know, yeah. the, those kinds of things, um, how the kingdom lights shine just for me and you, those, I said, remember this feeling I passed the pictures around and things like that it just reminds me so much of fearless in a way so yeah yeah i love long live okay guys well any last thoughts i love fearless <laughs> it's really special it and i'm actually like i'm really excited to get into the rest of like the fearless album i'm especially excited for our next episode because yeah. i know we all have a lot to say because that is kind of like a core of a lot of our friendships. <laughs> the so, core of our personalities. Pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, speaking of our next episode, thank you for listening to Ready For It, a Taylor Swift podcast. Look out for our next episode where we continue our exploration of Taylor Swift's second studio album with 15. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok to get updates on next episodes. Handles for our social media accounts can be found in the description. Thanks for listening. Thanks. Bye. 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 Bye.